Hey, but you know what's a great show? Star Search. You ever watch that show? God damn. That is an excellent show. Excellent. I'll tell you what the best thing about Star Search is. You get to see the stars of tomorrow today. You don't have to wait an extra day. My favorite things on Star Search is the junior dancers. Those are my favorite, you know? I love those junior dancers because I, I like how Ed introduces them, you know? It's always like, uh, hot property! <laughs> then they all come dancing. <laughs> Too cute for you! <laughs> the funny thing about the junior dancers is it's not like, if they win, they're going to go on to become junior dancers. Like, there's no place in show business for that, you know? That's not like you're ever hanging out. Hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Go see a movie or something? Or maybe yeah, grab a beer down at the bar or something? Hey, hey, I know. I know a good thing. Hey, why don't we go to that new joint they got down on Main Street there? That's a good club. They got uh, six-year-olds dancing. <laughs> Yeah, I understand uh, Hot Property's gonna be there tonight. They're good. Yeah, that's right, little children. Yeah. Yeah, but they're better live than on TV, I've heard. They're good, they're dancing. That's right, little children dancing. Come on, honey, get your coat, let's go. We gotta beat the... The bands always name themselves bad on that show too, man. They kind of brag in the title of their band. I was like, hot property, you know? Like, that's gonna help them win. They just look like a jackass. You can't, you can't brag about yourself in the name of your band. It's crazy. Then it makes for these really weird intros for Ed, you know? He's like, this next band has been kicking around the Boca Raton area for the last 16 years. Now America, say hello to hot property. And they come running out there. Guy's got a guitar going, you know. And then it's bad too when they lose, you know, because with a band with a great name like Hot Property or something like that, you know, if they lose, it looks horrible, you know? And it's always the bands with the like uh, great names they lose, and the bands with the horrible names win, you know? It's always like, ah, it's time for the judge's decision. And you ever see the judges, too, on Star Search? You know, they're always kind of lame, like you never heard of them or anything, you know? Just got to take their word for it that they're... <laughs> they always have these suspicious credentials, you know? It's like, as I meet our judges, he is the president and chief operating officer of Trimedia Artists Incorporated and represents such stars as Meadowlark Lemon, Here he is, a bald guy with glasses. <laughs> and they cut to a bald guy with glasses. <laughs> now it's time for a judge's decision. Another tough decision for the judges. Our challengers, hot property receive 
One and a quarter stars. Our champions, chunk of receive. Four stars, chunk of Another perfect score. Come on over here, chunk of <laughs> That's the greatest when he calls him over. <laughs> Sometimes you even got some good news for him. That's the coolest, you know? It's like, Chuck of <laughs> How would you feel if I told you you're in the semifinals? You know what else he does, Ed, when he, gets, when he gets the little junior dancers out? I swear to God, he's real cute with them. He's good with kids and everything. But he always does the same fucking joke every goddamn time. He gets like the little junior dancers out. He's like, hey, they're up and at him. Now, let me ask you something. If you win, what are you going to do? What are, what, are, what are you like to do with your future? And then the little girl's like, well, uh, I want to grow up and uh, I want to make a lot of money. And then he goes, you sound like my wife. Ah! <laughs> she sounds like my wife. Good evening, folks. Welcome to the How Do You Do Review here on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, here in Churchill, and across Manitoba on Bell MTS Channel 713. And hello to our good friends in St. John's, Newfoundland, listening on CHMR 93.5 FM. As you can probably tell, this show will be a tribute to my favorite comedian of all time, Norm MacDonald, who passed away earlier this week at the age of 61 from a nine-year battle with leukemia. I regularly go through a YouTube rabbit hole binge watch of some of his material from his stand-up, his video podcast, or his infamous days hosting Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live back in the 1990s. And the night before he died was no different. I watched a few of his sketches and bits, had a good laugh, and went to sleep. The next afternoon, while having tea and scrolling through Twitter, I saw the first notification that something had happened to him and figured, or most likely hoped, that it was just one of those internet hoaxes. Unfortunately, it was not. Artists, they die regularly and it's always sad, but this one really hurt. The best way I can pay tribute to the man is to share some of his material with you. Um, because we're on the radio, I'm limited to the sort of things I can play, obviously, but Maybe after the show is over, you can do your own deep dive on the things we can't play over the air. You heard first the hidden track on his first CD called Ridiculous. That was released in 2006. That was his famous Star Search bit. So let's play the first cut off that record now. Here's a sketch that he calls the Fantastic Four. Norm MacDonald on the How Do You Do Review, CKUW, 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. The origin of the Fantastic Four. 
our heroes, flying in an experimental rocket ship, are assaulted by cosmic rays. Upon landing, they discover they have fantastic superpowers. Now, let's listen in and discover how Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm became the Fantastic Four. Okay, I was up all last night, and I think I've come up with a great name for the group. Since we all have such fantastic powers, I think we should be called the Fantastic Four. Ooh, Fantastic Four. All right. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah, and I have come up with uh, individual names as well, if I may. Ben Grimm, (laughs) you are a rock-like thing of a man. You will be called The Thing. Great. Sue Storm, you're a woman who has the power to make herself invisible. The Invisible Woman is your name from now on. Good. Johnny Storm, mm-hmm. you are human, and yet you are a torch. Yeah. The Human Torch. The Human Torch, okay. And I, Reed Richards, can stretch my body like a rubber band. I will be Mr. Fantastic. Okay, let's get on to business. First order of business for the Fantastic Four. Uh, Dr. Reed? Doom has the entire world's plutonium Reed. supply. And, huh? excuse me for a second. Yes, Ben. Um... Oh, never mind, never mind. What is it, Ben? It's nothing, it's nothing, nothing. Ben, we have to speak openly here. Well, it's just about the names. Uh-huh, do you like yours, The Thing? No, I'm, I'm fine with that, it just <laughs> seems a little... Well, I'm kind of a thing of a man, you're calling me The Thing. Uh-huh. Sue is a woman who can become invisible. She's the invisible woman. Makes sense. Johnny is human, yet a torch. So he's the human torch, right? Sure. And you can stretch your arms like a rubber band. Uh-huh. And you've named yourself Mr. Fantastic. Yes, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, seems a little, little odd, you know. Yeah. I don't understand the problem. <laughs> I mean, we're all named after our powers. Right. But your power is to stretch like a rubber band. Right, that's why I come up with the idea, Mr. Fantastic. It's a fantastic ability I have. Right, no one, no one's saying it's not fantastic. I mean, many people, when they see me stretch, they often use that word, fantastic. I think what Ben's trying to say, Ben, right, is that um, we all have fantastic powers, but we're called what we do. Right. Yours is stretching. Maybe Mr... Stretch guy. Stre- oh, I was thinking well, stretch. But the, that's my name. Right, El okay. Stretcho. El Stretcho. No, 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 not El Stretcho. No, it's Mr. Fantastic is my name, okay? Now, if you guys have problems with your names, we can talk about it. My name is Mr. Fantastic. Let's talk about Dr. Doom. It's okay? just not fair. It's not, what? <sighs> you, okay. Ben, could right? Could M- you Fantastic explain? is a, an adjective that describes what I do. Well, why aren't we adjectives? You are. You're the Fantastic Four. You like that name, don't you? But individually. Do you like that name? Yes. Okay. So you like it when you're the Fantastic Four, but you don't like that I'm called Mr. Fantastic. No. Now, Reed, just, just, just hear me out. We're the Fantastic Four. Right. You're Mr. Fantastic. Right. The Fantastic Four comprises the thing, the invisible girl, the human torch, and Mr. Fantastic. Right. Doesn't that seem a little odd to you? What is it odd about that? Just because my name is Mr. Fantastic and the group's called the Fantastic Four. That's your problem. Because well, in a nutshell, yes. Yeah, I think that's... It's a coincidence. A coincidence you created. There's only so many names. Look. 
the, the group's been named, okay? Why can't you be called like we are what you do, what your power is? Okay, I think we're saying the same thing. I think we're saying the same thing. Okay, what are we saying? We're saying that we're fine with being being called Mr. Fantastic. I mean, in different words, right? No, no. Read, look. What we're saying is you should be called Mr. Stretchy Arm. Listen, I the name. Oh, come the, on. The you point don't... is the group has been named, okay? And that's that's it. It's in All the right. news it's in today's newspaper, as a matter of fact. <laughs> what do you mean it's in the newspaper? Take a look. The Fantastic Four, headed by Mr. Fantastic, will fight Doctor Doom today at three. There you go. Byline by Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Different guy. That's a different guy. Uh, I don't know who that is, and I don't know how the press get their sources. Whatever. Look, you don't want me to be called Mr. Fantastic? Okay, I won't be called Mr. Fantastic, okay? You can call me Mr. Assface. Come That's on, no, don't. No, I'm changing my name. I'll phone the editor of the uh, uh, you know, the Times tomorrow, and I'll say, hey, I'm changing it to Mr. Assface. Uh, you know, reprint all the newspapers, okay? No, we don't want this. Don't. Come on, Reed. It'll be Mr. Assface and the Fantastic Three. If it's that and important the press will have a field day with that. Oh, all right, Reed. if it's that important, you're Mr. Fantastic. Just be him. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. But so you, I'm Mr. Fantastic. Yes. Yes, you're All Mr. Right. Fantastic. I'm Mr. Fantastic. Good. Good. What should we do now, Mr. Fantastic? You don't say it like that. You do not say it like that. All right, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Okay. Okay. This... This administration is cutting back drastically on military spending, but doesn't think our defense capabilities will be compromised? How so? I'll tell you how so. Groupons. <laughs> Remember Groupons? Yeah, absolutely. Remember Groupons. Here's one you'll like. I think you'll like it. <laughs> I used to think revenge was a dish best served cold, but then I realized it meant getting back at somebody. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Mickey Mantle knew two things, drinking and playing drunk baseball. <laughs> <laughs> this is one, this is a good one for Fred. Oh, I forgot I need these. Because of droughts all over Europe, scientists are predicting a global shortage of olive oil. Soon the world will know how Popeye felt after the death of his wife. <laughs> olive oil. How about this? It takes forever to get a pilot's license. Think about this. It takes forever, not forever, but it takes years of training to get a pilot's license. But it only takes a couple of minutes to steal a pilot's jacket and hat. I think there's nothing cooler than being a lone wolf, except at wolf picnics when you don't have a partner for the wolf wheelbarrow races. <laughs> Now, call me crazy, but I take orders from Martians who send secret messages beamed out from the antenna at the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> the Al-Qaeda online magazine Inspire has a recipe for a homemade bomb. They also have a recipe for a pretty darn good peach cobbler. <laughs> what about this? There's a new 3D version of The Great Gatsby, you know, coming. I saw it. I just saw it, too. Did you? Yeah. It, 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 did you see it in 3D? No. Oh, in 3D. I don't like was, wearing glasses. It was almost like the sober examination of the unrestrained materialism and absolute moral center of the Roaring Twenties jumped right out at you. <laughs> 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 now, 
Now, not all your material comes uh, from, the, from the news. Is that right? You know, no, you, some you, of my material comes, my strongest material comes from real life. Real life? Like, for instance, today I was driving in a, a car. Mm -hmm. You were kind enough to bring a car to bring this old chunk of coal here to the studio. <laughs> We send, we send cars for our guests, yes. Yeah, so I got in it, and that's, I, you know, I get material that way, so my driver... What do you mean? What, what, how do you get material that way? You get in the car, and what happens? Uh, my driver tells me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the driver we sent to pick you up told you a joke? Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show? Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. <laughs> okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, that guy... <laughs> you, yeah, that guy... Now, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh -huh. he, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth, <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office, right. You are correct. <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm -hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night I, I sometimes wake up and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady that I once loved, Doc. I, I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria. <laughs> she, she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm -hmm. The cold took her down as it did many of us. <laughs> And my other boy. <laughs> and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregario <laughs> Ivinolitovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. <laughs> if only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... <laughs> perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. <laughs> and in this hellish facade once How long a all, drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc, sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth, just barely hanging onto my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moth, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the ma said, because the light was on.
<laughs> My congratulations to anyone who stuck it through to the end. <laughs> So, so Norm. What? <laughs> my uncle Bert, he's my great uncle, but we call him Uncle Bert. He got bowel cancer now. He's, uh, he's dying of it, you know? And, uh, or like uh, some people like to say, now they, see, in the old days, a man could just get sick and die, you know? Now, they have to wage a battle. So, so my Uncle Bert is waging a, a courageous battle, which I've seen because I go and visit him, and this is the battle. He's lying in a hospital bed with a thing in his arm watching Matlock on the TV. Instead of that battle, I, I got him the box set of Matlock. And, but it's not his fault. What the He's supposed to do I got you. It's just a black thing in his bowel. And the reason I don't like it is because in the old days they go, hey, that old man died. Now they go, hey, he, he lost his battle. That's no way to end your life, you know. What a loser that guy was. Last thing he did was lose. He was waging a brave battle, but at the end, I guess he got kind of cowardly was what happened. And then the bowel cancer, it got brave. You gotta give it to the bowel cancer. You know, they were in a battle. And then, what the <laughs> And I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me, it's not a loss, that's a draw. That's a, you know what I mean? It's not like the cancer's gonna jump up and go, ah, I'm Uncle Bert's wife. Where is he? I won fair and square. This is where he works? Hi, name's Cancer. How are you? Where do I? You just throw me to my cubicle. Bow. First name is Bow. Good to be here, and uh, I'm uh, feeling good and everything. I had a rough day today, though. I, I uh, bit my tongue. You ever do that? Yeah! <laughs> and I got a, a big uh, purpley thing on the side of my tongue there, and it uh, hurts like a bastard, you know? And, uh, and it's embarrassing, you know, it's embarrassing biting your tongue there, you know, because, you know, you just, you know, you're walking down the street there, minding your own business, you know, you just, you know, doodly-doo, doodly-doo. Oh! Then you bit your tongue, you got this bit tongue going there, and everybody looking at you, and man, that's bad. Yeah. People go, hey, what's the matter there? What, what, do you, what happened to you? You go, ah. They go, what, you, what, you bite your tongue? No, it's my uh, uncle died. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about it today, actually. I'm surprised that I don't bite my tongue all the time, you know, because... Uh, I got uh, so many teeth, you know, I got like, uh, 
I got 50, 100 teeth in my head, and uh, they're all right around my tongue. You know, they're all right near the vicinity of my tongue, and uh, they'll bite anything, my teeth. They don't care, you know? <laughs> could be a pork sandwich, could be my tongue. What do they care? They just bite. That's all they know. That's all they know. They're not trained for anything else. They just bite. I got too many teeth. That's the problem. I got like uh, 50, 100 teeth, and I only need, I don't know, I never count them, but I, I like to deal with the round numbers. But I got a, a lot of teeth, and uh, I don't need hardly any of them, you know, because a lot of them are like, uh, I got like, uh, I got fangs here. You ever see these teeth going here? There are a couple of, you got big fangs sticking out, which you got no use for, you know, because uh, that's from back in the old days. You needed them back then to like whatever, you know. You know what I mean? You had to go out in the morning and stock a gazelle and rip his throat out with your teeth. But, uh, you know, you don't have to do that anymore, do you? <laughs> Thank God those days are over, huh, folks? Remember back then when you had to wake up? Ah! Ah! <laughs> I should just take a pair of pliers and pull out. Like, I figure I only need, like, maybe six teeth. I tested it out on a sandwich, you know? All I need, I eat a sandwich, and there's, like, four, five, six teeth marks, and that's it. There's no 50, 100 teeth marks. <laughs> I lost a tooth back in the back of my head, and my dentist wanted to take it out. I said, just leave it, man. I don't need to grind uh, cornmeal or anything like that. You know, you know where you don't want to miss a tooth, though? You ever see a guy no tooth up here in the front? Oh, that looks bad. Oh, man. You look like the stupidest guy in the world. You got no tooth there. You could be the smartest guy in the world, but you got no tooth, and people just think that you're the stupidest guy. You know? You could be the smartest guy in the world, talking to all the other smart guys. Oh, listen now, other smart guys. Listen as I tell you. That, and people go, hey, you got no tooth there. What the hell are you talking about? Take a look in the mirror. Hey, hey, ah, yeah. But, I take good care of my teeth, you know? You gotta take care of your teeth. That's what I, I brush them. You ever do that? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Everybody has. What am I asking that for? I got uh, trying to floss. That's a tough thing to get into. Huh? That's a bastard at flossing. Oh my God, you gotta, gotta, gotta rope there in between your teeth. And then after you finish, your mouth's a big gushing fountain of blood going there, you know? Yeah, this feels good now. Yes. I feel a little faint, but I got that thing with the... I got that piece of pork from the pork sandwich. So that's good. I got that. So I don't floss. The hell with flossing, I say, you know? I do the next best thing. You know what I do? I, what I do is I tell my dentist that I floss. I just lie to the guy. What the hell do I care? I'm just a dentist, you know? They don't care. The dentists, they don't, they don't know any better, you know? He goes, hey, Norm, you've been flossing lately, like I told you there. And I go, yeah, yes. And he goes, yeah, you have, because I can't help but notice all the plaque in between your teeth there. I can't help but find there's plaque all between your teeth. And I go, oh, ah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, uh, dentist, that's because I, uh, I, on uh, my way over here to the dentist's office, on my way from the place where I was, I come over here, I, uh, I stopped at, a, I had a bowl of some, a plaque. I had a bowl of plaque. 
had a big dish of plaque there to head it down to the restaurant. A big, they had a half a pork sandwich and a bowl of plaque. They had it as their special. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, fair enough. Where you go? <laughs> okay, well, I got no uh, ending to that. But uh... <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Yeah, I just got it. It's terrific. It looks like uh, some kind of a bird in a, in a tree. Oh, you, you don't say a partridge, huh? Well, it's great. Uh, well, of course it was a surprise, honey. I, I was expecting a hat. Well, you, you know I have been dropping some broad hints about, about maybe getting a hat. Oh, no, this, this is much better. It's, it's like two gifts in one. I mean, I, I get the partridge and, and I get a, uh, a tree. <laughs> well, okay, thanks a lot, honey. And Merry Christmas. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Yes, I got the calling birds. Yeah, the man just dropped them off. Well, well, they're great. You know, they, they go well with the three French hens and, and the two other things. I don't know what they are. I, I got them on Wednesday. They, they look almost like a half a turtle and a half a dove. Tur turtle doves, huh? I, I never heard of them. No, I appreciate it's a unique gift, but, but the thing is, I, I now have 10 birds, and I'm not really a bird person. As you know, honey, I'm more of a, well, a, a hat person, really. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans to swim and six geese to lay and five gold rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Honey, we have to talk. No, no, you're being very generous. It's just... No, I, I like the five gold rings. They, they were great. Nothing wrong with that gift at all. It, it's just that the next day, it, it was right back to the bird. <coughs> Holy Lord! Get back! Oh, no! Well, well, I'll tell you what that noise was, honey. It, it turns out that geese and French hens are natural enemies. Now, now no more birds. Well, I don't know, honey. How about, how about eight hats of hatting? On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Ten lords a-leap and nine ladies dancing Eight maids a-milking Hi, honey. Yes, yes, it was quite a surprise. No, no they're not birds, are they? They're, they're, they're people. Well, I, I guess everybody's happy, honey. The, the maids of milking are having a little trouble. Well, I'll tell you why, because as you know, I live in a one-bedroom apartment and, and I don't have any cows. Well, right now they're, they're trying to milk a swan. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords a-leaping, 9 ladies dancing, 8 maids a-milking, 7 swans a-swimming, 6 geese a-laying, 5 gold rings, 4 
all calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a... Honey, I think we should see other people. And a partridge in a pear tree. Coming a good night, Robert De Niro's with us. So Paul, uh, Paul, yesterday I piled the wife and kids into the station wagon. We go out to dinner, and uh, on yeah. the way there, how are the kids? All right, what's that, Paul? How, how are the kids? Oh, oh, well, thanks, thanks for asking. Yeah, the, well, the little one's got a touch of the croup, but uh, he's good. Anyway, we're at the we're at the Red Lobster there, Paul, and I'm enjoying what I always get there. You know what I always get? The uh, the fisherman's platter. Ah ha! Ah ha ha ha! Yeah. So this, so this waiter comes to our table, Paul, and he's one of the real oily guy. You know those kind of guys, real oily? He looks right at me, he gives me one of these, like, uh, hey, you enjoying your shrimp? <laughs> hey, <laughs> enjoying it? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he wanted to know if you enjoyed the shrimp, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy your shrimp? <laughs> Well, folks, in a couple of seconds, Robert De Niro will be out here, and a little later on from Nash Bridges, the lovely Jody O'Keefe. Do you, you enjoy the Nash Bridges, Paul? Yeah, yeah, Nash Bridges, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's a great program. You know, it's got the guy from Miami Vice there. You got your uh, Doug Johnson there on it? Yeah, that's, that's Don Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Don. yeah whatever. Anyway, he's good. And, and you know who else they got now, apparently, is Cheech from Cheech and Chong. He's on the show as well. Oh, yeah, Cheech, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays a sidekick. And, you know, I was thinking about this this afternoon, Bob. That, that seems kind of silly to me, you know, when you think about it. You're making your serious crime drama. You know, you don't want to cast Cheech. That seems, you know, you know who they should have got for that role, don't you, Bob? Uh, who, who's that? Well, they should have got Chong. Chong. You imagine such a thing, Paul Chong? <laughs> anyway, folks, tonight we got a great program. Bonnie Raitt will be on the show, and she's just, every time she hears, she blows the roof off of the joint. And, uh, Paul, why wouldn't they use Chong in the show when you think about it? I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know either. I, I think that's a mistake. <laughs> anyway, folks, couldn't be more thrilled to have our first guest here on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves, Robert De Niro. Robert, I can't tell you how great it is to have you on the program. You know, the work you've done over the years, just top-notch. Well, it must make you very happy. Huh? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. now, now, now. now, now, Robert, tell us about your, your, your new film, Ro Marvin's Room. Tell us oh, about I, I like the band. The band's good. The band is good. 
You enjoy the band, do you? Now, well, let me tell you this, uh, uh, Robert. I, I saw Marvin's room, and I have to say, just a fine, fine piece of work, Robert. It's a, a great cast. You got, you got Meryl Streep, Diane Keaton. Oh, and you know who I uh, particularly enjoyed in the film was uh, was uh, Chong. Yeah, he was good. He was very good. That he is. He's good. <laughs> you hear that, Paul? He enjoys Chong. <laughs> <laughs> you, you two have a good time, I'll give you that. You know, it reminds me of the time that Marty and I were... Marty and I were making Taxi Driver. We're filming Taxi Driver. Marty turns to me, he says... Oh, oh, oh let me guess. Probably said this, probably. Yeah, you enjoy the shrimp? <laughs> yeah, you enjoy the shrimp? <laughs> hey, hey, you know who I bet really enjoyed the shrimp? Chong. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I watch the show all the time, and I got a little surprise for you. Oh, oh what's that now, Robert? I watch the show all the time. I'm familiar with it, so I, I brought my own top ten list I'd like to do for you. Oh, by all means, sure, that'd be great. <clears throat> Top 10 reasons you should see my new movie, Marvin's Room. Number 10. I don't care for that. Turn that off. <laughs> Keep it off. Number 10. See Marvin's Room. Number 9. Like I said, see Marvin's Room. Number 8. See it already. Number 7. See Marvin's Room. Be a man. Be a man. Number 6. Marvin's room, I heard things. I heard some things about Marvin's room. And number five, live from New York, it's Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, something exciting. Our, our next guest made his uh, stand-up debut. I did not remember that. This man began his television stand-up debut with us 25 years ago. Didn't know this that, week. I didn't know that. Very talented actor. Nobody funnier, ladies and gentlemen, Norm MacDonald. Oh, uh, thanks, guys. Listen, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, me and Oprah are making the same money tonight. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> the show has loosened up considerably. I noticed <laughs> I was watching Oprah and uh, Dave talking about weed and booze. And <laughs> I've never, I don't do either of those. The hardest drug I ever did, LSD. <laughs> and uh, I remember I was a kid. I was like 16. And I remember they told, warned me. They said, hey, you got to be careful with that LSD on account of you can get a flashback. Ten years can go by, 20 years, 30 years, and a flashback will happen. So I thought, hey, that seems like a good deal. <laughs> you, know, you, you tell me I buy a drug for $5, I eat it, I get high, and then 20 years later I get high again? <laughs> That's not the point. I like to stretch my drug dollar. The point is this. <laughs> 10 years have passed, 20 years have passed, 30 years have passed, and no flashbacks. What a jip that turned out to be. 
Just more horse by the big acid companies. That's all it is. But I can't believe it's been a quarter century since I made my television debut. It was all different back then. You know, it was back then, I remember if you wanted to take a picture, you would use a camera. <laughs> Not a telephone. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you used a telephone, people would look at you odd. <laughs> you know, it stays there like that. <laughs> what about in the old days when they took pictures of you way, way back, you know, where they pulled that thing and it exploded and stuff? <laughs> I got a picture of my great-grandfather. The thing took six hours uh, to take your picture, and uh, it was a picture of my great-grandfather, one. They only had, every guy had one picture back then. <laughs> and it's just him, like... I gotta get back, feed them hogs. <laughs> Who's gonna feed the hogs? <laughs> Somebody gotta feed them hogs. Now, in the future, of course, it'll be different. 50 years from now, people will be going like, hey, you wanna uh, see 100,000 pictures of my great-grandfather? <laughs> I got him right here, plus everything he did every day of his life. <laughs> hey, this occurred to me today. Uh, ID, ID, which I had to show it again. There's a strange abbreviation when you think about it. I is short for I. <laughs> and then D is short for dentification. <laughs> They could have split that one up a little better, you know? <laughs> but I watch the TV, I watch the news, make you afraid of the news, you know? Put all these stories on, Iraq, Iran, North Korea, you know, try to scare you, you know? But does it ever really scare you? Like, you ever wake up in the middle of the night, ah, North Korea! <laughs> that little tiny country across the ocean. I wonder if they'll get me. <laughs> Plus, didn't MASH settle that like 20 years ago? <laughs> Why'd I have to watch that stupid show? There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... Uh, <laughs> In the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. <laughs> it had never been tried before. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win, but uh, no, it was actually close. And uh, Germany decides again to go to war, and again it chooses as its enemy the world. 
And this time they have that guy, scrankly, crankly, that guy. And I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his name, but I think you know what I'm talking <laughs> But you'd think at that point the world will go, listen, Germany, here's the deal. You don't get to be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world. And what, do you, what do you think, you're Mars or something? <laughs> Anyways, listen, folks, this will be my last time on uh, the David Letterman show, I understand. <laughs> and you know, you know, you guys, we all know that David Letterman was the greatest talk show who, uh, host who ever lived. But I... Dave differently because the first time I saw him, I was 13 years old. I was living in. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was living in Toronto, Canada, and I went to a talk show they had there. And uh, David Letterman was the stand-up comedian on the show, and uh, I loved stand-up. And David Letterman did this joke that I told everybody. This joke, I love this joke. It still uh, stays with me as my favorite stand-up joke ever. So I'd like to do it for you if you'd like to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, um, I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day and uh, I, uh, I saw a garbage truck and on the back of the garbage truck there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures, ruined by a meddling bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you remember the old days when, when Dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck? <laughs> so anyways, I'd just like to say, I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish, and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental. But if something is true, it is not sentimental. And I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. 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 Very funny, Norm, and thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Norm MacDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That was very sweet, Norm. Uh, now, listen, we want to talk about your uncle, because every time you come on the show, you have a story about your uncle who lives up in Canada. Oh, yeah, he's a Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you always have, like, a little story Jean about him. Jean-Luc. Jean oh, yeah, he's a crazy character, that dude. He originally visited New York City. Hello? <laughs> Having a drink, I can listen to you and have a drink. It's not like I went like this. Hold it. Ooh. Ah, liquid. Huh? I'm still here. Let's see if I got this right. 
You've got an uncle lives up in Canada Jean, named Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Occasionally he visits. Once he time he visited New York. <laughs> so I, I'm living in New York, you know. And uh, Jean Luc, I'm excited. Jean Luc's gonna come back. My crazy Frenchman uncle. So he gets in the cab, right? When he gets to the airport. Yeah, when he gets to the airport. The cab driver picks him up, and the cab driver says to him, "Hey, Frenchman." He says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he says, uh, do you like uh, riddles, you know? So my uncle Jean-Luc, is like, ah, yes, I love the riddles. That's how he talks. <laughs> he goes, I like nothing better than a riddle. So <laughs> the cabbie's like, all right, here's one, right? So he's, here's the riddle. His brothers and sisters, I have none. But this man's father is my father's son. So my, uh, uh, my uncle goes, ah, uh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> so the cabbie goes, uh, it's me. It's me. Oh, yeah. Makes oh, sense. Oh, he thinks about it. Oh, my God. He says, that's a good uh, riddle there. He says, I have to tell my wife, Mary Claire, when I get back to Gaspé. That's where he lives, Gaspé. Right. So uh, he's like, uh, take me back to the airport. And the cabbie's like, what? What? <laughs> the cabbie's like, I thought you wanted to go visit Norm then. No, no, no. I go back to the airport. All right. You know, I have to tell Mary Claire. Seems odd, right? Right. Gets back on the plane, flies all the way back home there to uh, Gaspé. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets back, right? Runs in the door. Mary Claire, Mary Claire, let's move. You know, where are you, Mary Claire? Uh, come on down here. I have a riddle for you. She goes, Oh, Jean Luc, I love the riddle. She's a woman, high voice. <laughs> so, uh, and Michael Jackson was visiting. Yeah, all right. So, uh, oh, you're going to love this riddle. How was New York? Forget about that. I got the riddle. Uh, brothers and sisters, I have none. But this man's father, he is my father's son. She goes, oh, I don't know. Who is it? Some cab driver back in New York. <laughs> well, this coming Monday is Oscar night, and three films, The English Patient, Secrets and Lies, and Shine, are locked in a tight race in the category, best picture, there's not a chance in hell I will ever see. <laughs> no interest at all in seeing those. Earlier today, the biggest auction ever of Beatles memorabilia took place in Tokyo. Among the one-of-a-kind items on the block were Paul McCartney's birth certificate, a white Mercedes-Benz owned by John Lennon, and rarest of all, a photo of George Harrison not looking haggard. <laughs> Have you ever seen one when you think about it? Oprah Winfrey's longtime boyfriend, Stedman Graham, has written a new book called You Can Make It Happen, A Nine-Step Plan for Success. Step number one, Become Oprah Winfrey's boyfriend. <laughs> then the other eight are just hang around. In other music news, Paul McCartney will take part in his first live online chat, May the 17th, and a record two and a half million calls have already come in from people hoping to have an actual moment of contact with the former Beatle. Although it should be noted that two million of those calls came from Ringo Starr, so... <laughs> you factor that into it, yeah, I'll go over here. Real estate mogul Donald Trump announced this week that after three and a half years of marriage, he is seeking a divorce from wife Marla Maples. According to Trump, Maples violated part of their marriage agreement when she decided to turn 30. 
Last week in Cleveland, the rock group Crosby, Stills, and Nash was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In addition, a special Lifetime Achievement Award was presented to David Crosby's liver. <laughs> Congratulations, David Crosby's liver. And in London, British scientists have created a frog embryo without a head, a breakthrough that could lead to the production of headless human clones to provide organs and tissue for transplant, as well as horrific nightmares for the rest of my life. <laughs> I can't deal with this kind of stuff anymore. And there you go. That's just a sample of the kind of material that Norm MacDonald was capable of. He was an acquired taste for some, but he was the funniest guy I've ever seen. My favorite comedian of all time. I uh, was able to see him live a few times over the last uh, 10 years or so. And um, the world is a lot less funnier now that he's gone. If you like what you heard, you can check out his stand-up specials. He's got one on Netflix. He's got one on Crave. And he has a couple albums out that you can find on any of the music streaming services. Thanks again for tuning into the program this week. The How Do You Do Review is produced for and by CKUW 95.9 FM at the University of Winnipeg and was recorded here in Churchill, Manitoba. The show is also lovingly shared with our great friends on CHMR 93.5 FM in St. John's, Newfoundland. Norm MacDonald was a big fan of Billy Joe Shaver and I felt this song was the one to go out on this week. Here he is with Live Forever. Take care of each other and find ways to make each other laugh whenever you can. Have a great week. I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna kiss tomorrow now You're gonna wanna hold me Just like I always told you You're gonna miss me when I'm gone Nobody here will ever find me But I will always be around Just like the songs I leave Be good to one another Please try to raise your children right Don't let the darkness take them Don't make them feel forsaken Just lead them safely to the light When this old world has blown us under And all the stars fall from the Someone really loves you We'll live forever, you and I I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna kiss tomorrow now I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river
Angels and 